0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Father and Son Watch Horror Movies Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matt Rawlings, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, a.k.a. The Father. And I'm joined, as always, by my trusty co-host...
1: Jackson, the son. And I think I'll just let the clown keep that paper boat. Thanks. Ain't no way I'm reaching my hand in that storm drain.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. See? Horror movies teach you things. Mm-hmm. They, they, we learn from them. Absolutely. Uh, so, if you haven't guessed, today we are covering It for 2017 and it chapter two from 2019 now we are a spoiler podcast we spoil the films we cover so be warned uh we were scheduled to have a couple guests on today but apparently they couldn't make it and so we apologize for that but hopefully we'll have some guests on the next time but before we get going i need to address something we finished up our friday 13th franchise review and during it i gave a shout out to jay of the dead's new podcast horror movie weekly uh, which he does with Lady Phantom and Bill Shetty. I called out Bill for nitpicking Halloween 2018. Um, Lady Phantom did as well, but uh, he's the guy, Bill, who defended Friday 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan on h and <laughs> So I said, I, I thought that was a little weird that you know he finds all this fault with Halloween 2018 for, for him uh, having all these goofs and logical errors, but he defends a zombie serial killer coming out of the water, climbing onto a ship that somehow gets onto a lake that somehow (laughs) goes to Manhattan, even though I've been to Crystal Lake and it's only an hour away from New York City a drive. And then on top of that, he somehow gets out of the boats, finds his way to New York City, and (laughs) then finds two people out of 12 million in the middle of Manhattan. Um, He never really answered that. I mean, he basically just Uh. said, oh, those are apples and oranges. (laughs) No, they're both slashers and Michael Myers is the boogeyman. So we're not, we're not dealing with, you know, we're not dealing with Mark Harmon playing Ted Bundy as a deliberate stranger. We're, we're, we're in a kind of weird slasher area already. Um, because Michael Myers can learn to drive and all that kind of stuff. And so I look, he didn't answer the question. He just evaded it. Um, and so I stand by it, but then Bill went on Um, Basically what we call, if you've ever taken a logic class, which is a lawyer, I've had to, and yes, Bill, I've I've worked in law enforcement. I was a prosecutor. Um, If you've worked in law enforcement or you have worked in any kind of legal form, you have to learn logic. One of the things they teach you in logic is there's a thing called ad hominem argument. Ad hominem argument is when you attack the person, not the argument, which is what he did. And debate coaches will tell you the moment you do that, you've lost because you don't have a response to the argument you're just attacking the person so it's just a series of insults I me mean, basically i didn't know horror i didn't know what i was talking about um that when i made my 100 greatest performances in horror list that it was horrible even though he never addressed the top of the list and he you know said basically because he doesn't like get out or halloween 2018 that i had people on there you know that kind of stuff so look I'm all about debate. That's the whole reason to do lists, Bill, is is to debate them, have fun with them. But you don't have to attack the person, brother. You don't. You deal with the argument. You de- you deal with the thing. You don't have to just roll your eyes and say, "Please, that's not an argument, man." I I, I worked in law for a lot of years. That that's not getting anywhere with a judge or jury. Um you have wow. to make, you have to make an argument, man. And so And, you know, he accused me of the hundred list being clickbait. No, Bill, that's what's called marketing. Um, (laughs)
1: That's the way it is. I have not heard this episode that you're talking about yet. So all of this is alien to me. But, hey, can I just say Friday the 13th Part 8 is a fun movie. I don't care about the logic flaws.
0: Well, no. Okay, fine. If you think it's just fun you're like, but my, my point was, and he didn't address was, you can't say one slasher movie is fun, but it's illogical. Another slasher movie is not fun because it's illogical.
1: Sure. Okay. You
0: can't, you can't, that, that doesn't follow any plane of logic whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant by nitpicking. You can't say that all these things and, and Jason takes Manhattan and even the director himself has basically said he didn't know what he was doing and he made huge mistakes and it makes no sense. That's coming. Right. From the director on the commentary track and Camp Crystal Lake memories.
1: I think. Um, I think what we need is a novelization of the film to connect Part Seven <laughs> and Part Eight. You're luck. all about the novelizations. Let's get. Okay, let's get Bill to write a novelization, and we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Just have a, a polite discussion about this, and let's get him on the show to describe it and uh, and
0: explain the explain the de aging benefits of toxic waste flooding through a Manhattan sewer. Um, Uh, but anyway i I just i think halloween 2018 is a great film i know you do too um and so it made i think it made both of our top 10 lists from 2018 yeah and so yeah there are problems with it there's problems with every movie there's problems with citizen kane for goodness sakes um Mm
1: -hmm. the
0: nurse the nurse could not have overheard him saying rosebud was in another room okay but it it doesn't mean it's not a great film um But I just find it odd that the, the funny thing was that Bill attacked me for saying, you know, that I was had this definitive list of the hundred greatest performances. And I should have said, no, these are just my favorite performances. But then Bill goes on to dismiss everyone else's opinion and state his opinion like it's fact given down, you know, put it on a stone tablet by Moses and brought down to the Israelites. So um, <laughs> I think that's a little hypocritical, buddy. OK, it's fun. Look, it should. But look, man, this should be a debate. A debate, man. It should, we should, we can debate but not divide. You don't have to attack people. You don't have to be mean, rude, you don't have to be dismissive. You don't have to do any of that. And I'm writing a blog post now to respond to something that he and Lady Phantom said that and even Jay agreed with. I understand where he's coming from. And we love Jay, don't we? He's a great guy. Yes, absolutely. We love Jay. And so we'll I'll listen to the podcast just for Jay, if nothing else.
1: But
0: <laughs> and I'm team Jay on that podcast. But He did say he didn't think Silence of the Lambs was a horror movie. Jay did, and they all seem to agree with that and so forth. I am writing a blog post now that says, actually, Silence of the Lambs 7 and so forth, I believe, are horror movies. And I'm going to back it up with some evidence. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go from there. But I wanted to respond to that. But look, man, Bill, it's all in good fun, man. Calm down. Sit back. Relax your crack. (laughs) Have a drink. You know, it's it's all good, man. You don't have to, you know, don't have to be insecure about this. It's cool. You know, people can disagree with you. It, it happens. So you know, it's. Uh, but yeah, it's my list, and I I defend it, and I do believe that the performances in Get Out the list that list are worthy of it because I think Get Out's the best horror movie of the last twenty years. I think it's a stunning work <laughs> of genius. And Bill, I've gone to film school. And one of the people who agrees with me on this is Wolfman Josh, who's also gone to film school and is a filmmaker. And Jordan Peele is a huge horror fan. Listen to our tribute to Jordan Peele. Um, The guy writes for Fangoria now, right? I mean, (laughs) Jordan Peele is a horror movie fan. Um, And I thought it was a stunning work of genius that also managed to make an important social statement without being preachy about it. And that's Mm -hmm. hard to do. Because I thought The Shape of Water was a little preachy, but I didn't think Get Out was. Do you gr- mm-hmm. disagree with that?
1: No, I agree completely. But I've got to ask. You said Get Out was one of the best movies in the last—was the best movie in the last 20 years, horror movie. Yes. Uh, you didn't think Annabelle Comes Home topped it? <laughs>
0: I couldn't even get that out with laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was a tight race. Woohoo! But... 36% maybe. <laughs> but at the end of the day, no, I'll I'll, I'll go with Get Out. and. You know, there was a reason why almost that entire cast got Oscar buzz, man, because it was incredible. And and yeah. Halloween, he attacked me because he, I put uh, the kid whose name I always butcher in it. But every review I read from Dread Central to Bloody Disgust is says that kid stole the show in Hollywood, tw- Halloween 2018. Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the best performances of her career. But that little kid is amazing. Yep, he's great. He's mesmerizing. I mean, he's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah oh so anyway that's my response
1: we love you guys ever at horror movie weekly by the way we we just gotta uh i haven't heard the episode yet but i'll be listening to it and hey you know everybody's got different opinions and one person can dissent and the other person can you know like something but at the end of the day um somebody's right and somebody's wrong and it's gonna it's it's probably me
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, it should be just a fun debate. And and Jay sent me a nice email and I said, Look, I got thick skin and you know what? It should be it should be fun. This should be fun. The whole point of doing lists and all that kind of stuff is to discuss them and debate them and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't need to get nasty. Let's just have fun with it. Right? We're mm-hmm. a big horror family. You know, us and uh, and a uh, horror movie weekly and horror movie podcast and land of the creeps and all these podcasts you know we're like family and it's just it should be a lot of fun don't you agree sir yeah all right so let's move away from that and let's discuss stephen king's it from 2017 look everywhere it happens it's all connected
1: by the sewers what happened
0: we stick together all of us will win
1: make it a wonderful day kill
0: them all kill them all it rated r september 8th jackson what thoughts do you have on it from 2017
1: i love this movie Man, I love this movie. I've loved it ever since I saw it. I saw it in theaters, which is rare for me to see an R-rated movie in theaters, uh, originally when it comes out before his streaming services. But this movie I was fortunate enough to see. I think I actually saw opening weekend or opening week. Um, awesome movie. I loved the it was sort of like um Stranger Things in that the kid dynamic was awesome. There were cracking jokes that were actually funny, and this is how kids talk. Um and Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise was so scary to me that I actually checked the closet for him. I, I won't I won't lie. Twenty seventeen, <laughs> I was checking the closet because that drooling crap. That you know how he he's drooling all over Eddie and it fear tastes so good that creeped me out so wow. much. Um. I just love that movie, and I, I, I loved the conclusion uh, of part one, and I was scared that they were going to ruin it with part two, and let me tell you, I watched it last week, and I was not disappointed. I thought it was great, and a lot of people are saying that it's way worse than the original, but I back to It Chapter One, I still think this is a fantastic movie. I mean, I, you can see that in my original review on Letterboxd. I was just flabbergasted by it. I have it on Blu-ray right now. I've seen it... Uh, think four or five times since the
0: original release and it, it doesn't get worse. I do. You know, I think the strongest thing about, it, I didn't find it overall that scary. Like the projector scene at the, I, that didn't sure. really scare me. Yeah. There are a couple like when he's all oh, sweet fear and stuff like that. And, and, and just let me say the opening scene, as you and I saw, when we listened to Quentin Tarantino being interviewed, which he's mediocre on this, he's lukewarm on this movie. But mm-hmm. even Quentin Tarantino said the opening scene is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant with Georgie. Right.
1: Yeah, horrifying. When he gets his arm bitten off I, in the miniseries, if you'll recall, you don't get to see that. It's like a fade, um, and then it's discussed later. But you get to see his arm get bitten off, and that's terrifying. I was not ready to get to see a kid crawling around with a stump of an arm. It's just terrifying and the fact that the adults do nothing about it i mean that's a huge theme of the book and the movie and that's just so terrifying
0: oh yeah it's just and it's shot so well i mean let's give credit to andy Muscietti. it is shot brilliantly the cinematography is fantastic
1: yes absolutely and the this movie is has such a dynamic look to it i was afraid you know how horror movies are these days, with the exception of a few. They're usually shot really flat and kind of boring looking. Um, but this movie, for some reason, has a vibrance to it. I can't describe it, but you really do feel, you know, like you're in the '80s, like you're you're a kid in summer break over the '80s, and your summer is interrupted by this killer clown. Just imagine how terrifying that would be. This movie really places you in the shoes of these kids from Derry, and you feel like you've lived there all your life, and now the thing is intruding on your sense of safeness.
0: Yeah, it's, it really is that kids in peril thing, and, and it's often, as Jay would say, are in the daylight that they pull off. Um, and so I, I really like that. But the main thing I like about It Chapter One, I think its greatest strength is, this may be the greatest collection of kids cast together, as far as their connection and charisma, since maybe like the Goonies or Stand By Me.
1: I would agree with that. Or Monster Squad. You know, wolfman has got Or
0: Monster Squad, that's true. I mean, yeah, you have to go back to one of those movies from the 80s where we have kids to to find something where these kids have that kind of connection, they have that kind of emotional connection and that kind of charisma. And Finn Wolfheart is just incredible. Sure.
1: And I think, but I think the real standout standout here is uh jack Dolan grazer i think his name is is eddie he's hilarious
0: eddie is good with the mom and all that other kind of stuff and yeah right. i do think that's good but i will tell you who i think delivers the most underrated performance um and we'll talk more about this character later but is the kid who plays the bully
1: yes that yeah oh my. henry bowers henry is bowers
0: is a terrifying kid yep and I mean, the scene with him and his father, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a spoiler podcast. That is just horrific. Yep. And much like, more effective than like when Rob Zombie does it in his Halloween. Wouldn't you yeah. agree?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I was afraid that they were going to go a little too, you know, white trash like Rob Zombie's Halloween. I was afraid they were going to have you know toots, what Rob Zombie it.
0: has white trash in his movies I know so surprising
1: <laughs> um but it was really understated
0: a guy from Boston who constantly does white
1: trash yeah he he calls himself a southern hillbilly but really you know he's he's a mass hole but um <laughs> anyways yeah Henry Bowers is terrifying i think in the original and in and uh the movie from 2017 i think he's scary in the miniseries too but um Definitely. Nicholas Hamilton, I think, is his name. Uh, he does a great job. Like the, his, he looks so dead in the eyes. It's, um, it's like Bruce from Jaws.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really think all the kids were, were really good. Uh, the kid who played Ben. the kid who, I mean, they all are just really stand out. I remember going to see this in the theater with our buddy Jimmy Bays, and I was walking out, and Jimmy didn't love it, but he said, Whoever that casting director is deserves a bonus. Yeah. Those kids are amazing. And, and Joe Bob Briggs has said over and over again that he loves this movie. And one of the reasons he loves it is you've got to give credit where credit is due to do a movie of this length and this in intensity with kids and pull it off. Yeah. That alone is, is, a I mean, right. I mean, that, that's not easy to do.
1: No, it definitely isn't, and you can tell that the screenwriters. I know this was passed around from person to person. I think originally it was um, Carrie Fukunaga. I yeah. I don't know how to say that name, um, but uh, I from what I've heard of his stuff, it's it's great. It's really scary. But eventually, uh, Chase Palmer took it over. I know this is handed down uh, through a bunch of people, but I think a lot of this comes from the source material, and you can't if this was an original. Concept. I don't think it would have been as good because Stephen King's original book, that camaraderie is so strong. He knows how to write characters that you care about. And um, everything that really laid the, found, the foundation for everything that comes in this movie, because these kids, they, they obviously they had time to bond on set, but they had material to look at and know how their characters interacted with each other. They knew their whole backstories. And that really helps a lot when you have that material as an actor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do think that they're very faithful in both uh, this and and it chapter two to the source material Mm -hmm. with a few notable exceptions like, you know, Pennywise is not a space turtle in this one. Thank goodness.
1: Well, he's Uh, not a space turtle in any of them. His his nemesis is a space turtle.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: You got it. You got it. You got to make sure you get the specifics about Uh, the giant
0: astral turtles. Yeah, I didn't really understand that as a kid. I remember reading this when I was 14 and reading that stuff and and going, is Stephen King on drugs? Well, he was. <laughs> well, and then years later I found out, yes, he was. That, well, I think it's... was he was basically writing on a desk that looked like Tonys from Scarface. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> to be fair, um, I think it's explained better in the gunslinger books, you know, the Dark Tower series. I think the same concept is explained better about the turtle and uh, Pennywise, you know the the ultimate evil. but um I'm Tur- glad I'm glad turtle they don't... should
0: never be in a horror movie. I'm sure sorry.
1: <laughs> sure I, i'm um I'm glad they didn't touch it in these movies. I think the way they described it was pretty tasteful, you know, the ritual of chewed or chud um. And whenever I think of Chud, I think as Joe Bob Briggs once pointed oh, out, course. I think of I think of cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Oh, of course. Um, but uh, I think the way they handled it here was a lot better. And and when you find out in the chapter two that the ritual of Chud is kind of just a placebo, um, <laughs> it doesn't actually do anything. That, that makes no. it a lot better, too. Um, so, yeah, I thought this movie was great. When I watched it, I was kind of like... I was on a high after I watched it. I wanted to think about it all the time. I wanted to read it, and then I saw it was eleven hundred pages, and I was like, "No thanks." Um, yeah. I've got plenty of other Stephen King books that can finish in a month instead of, uh, I don't know, three years. But um, yeah, it chapter one. It I think it changed the genre a little bit. Now what we're seeing movies like um, "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark," and they have that, you know, that those characters that are all kids, and they are cracking wise and talking to each other and they're all kind of quirky. I feel like it when it hit the scene kind of changed how we look at horror movies in this modern age.
0: Yeah, and it's that and Stranger Things, right? That sure. was kind of the one two punch that mm-hmm. I think started to create create this, which I hope they don't overdo, but it's Hollywood, so they will. Yeah, so, absolutely. They, um, they, they do
1: a they do a trend until it's dead.
0: Yeah, they'll milk it dry. But um so this brings me to my next question because I know that you know, you own the original miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarsguard or Curry?
1: Ah, uh, this one's tough. I love them both for different reasons. I think everybody will tell you that. Um, Scarsguard is, uh I don't want to say that either. I was going to say he's scarier. Yeah, I okay. think he is scarier. He's scarier. I think, I think Tim Curry is more iconic. I think that he has more quotable lines, but that's just because he's a comedic character, essentially. Um, he's, more, he's larger than life. Tim Curry is the thing you want on your lunchbox, and Skarsgård is the thing that you hope to not see under your bed, if that makes any sense. Um, I,
0: that's perfectly well said. Yeah, I thought that—it is my favorite Stephen King book. Really? Yeah, I read it when I was a kid, loved it. I had some problems with it, but overall I loved it. Sure. I couldn't wait for the miniseries. I was living in LA at the time. I invited a bunch of buddies over to watch it. Um, so we gathered around on my couch and, and sat there to get ready to watch it, the miniseries. And I remember being somewhat disappointed. The first half I thought was good mm-hmm. with the kids. The second half, I was distracted by the fact that you've got all these sitcom actors that I grew up watching. And ponytail uh, sporting actors. You've got, yeah, you've got the guy for, yeah, yeah, John Boy from the Waltons has a ponytail. And then you've got got Jack from Three's Company, and you've got Judge Harry, and you've got Venus Flytrap, and they're all going out to fight Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I thought that was distracting.
1: Hmm. He does. He kind of plays Frank, uh Doctor Frankenfurter in this, doesn't he? He's um, and the yes. series. He's very like Frankenfurter and clown makeup. But um, yeah. The, interesting to note, though. uh the the guy that played the adult Bill in the miniseries. He was sporting a ponytail. Guess who else was sporting a ponytail during that exact uh, era? Right. Mister Stephen King.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Which makes the, the relation even stronger. I mean, of course Stephen King writes his main characters to be him, you know. Yeah. It's always got to be – it's either the kid version of Stephen King or Stephen King in adult form. You've always got, oh, I'm a writer, and I live in Maine, and my name is in Bing, you know, whatever
0: Yeah, paper. It's Well, I mean, what he claims to him – I mean, this is going by his word. He claims he built the kids on his own kids. Sure. Um, you know, so maybe he did because he had three kids of his own. But I, I, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with the kids. There is one scene in the book that I'm not going to go into that was right. deeply disturbing. Yeah, none of um, that. <laughs> yeah, that was really disturbing. But And that and the space turtles. Other than that, I loved the book. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I was disappointed with the miniseries. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry was, was good because he's so charismatic, but I didn't, I wasn't scared by his performance. Right. Um, but you know, this is the it I was waiting to see and I was excited and I've seen it several times since I think the kids are just amazing. I did think some of the CGI was a little distracting and we'll talk yeah. more about that with part two. Um, but I still thought it was a really, really strong movie. It made my top ten list from that year. So what else do you want to talk about with It Chapter One?
1: Um, I don't... I guess I'm just going to ask. Like, as far as this goes to, like, relating to the book, if. Is the fact that it's fast forwarded to 1980, where the kids are in 1980 and then they're growing up in 2019, is that distracting? Does that take away from like the charm of them being in the 50s? Because when you watch the miniseries, everything's, you know, 50 style, you feel like you're in the blob
0: um, movie.
1: Does that ruin it for you a little bit? Like the the fact that they're changing it to present time when they're adults?
0: No, it didn't ruin it for me. I, I thought that was fine. I thought they did such a good job of selling the mm-hmm. 80s vibe in the first sure. And I don't think like, I've been watching American Horror Story 1984. I watched the first episode this week. It's set in the 80s. And mm-hmm. they really push it. I mean, the hairstyles are over the top. It's all talking about aerobics and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Jane Fonda's workout tape and Duran Duran and MTV and all that kind of stuff. They push it so hard. It's fun, but it's still pushed too much. I don't think it chapter one did that. I sure. thought they let the kids be kids. Yes, it was in the 80s, but they let the kids be kids. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that was fine. And so I was I was sold on it. It didn't distract me.
1: Okay. That's all I got to say about It's Chapter One. I mean, you know where it stands, you know, in my in my heart. I mean, I thought it was a great movie. Still think it's a great movie to this day. I think it's a gateway, sort of, for maybe horror movie fans that aren't ready for – other Stephen King works that might be too intense for them. Other than the first scene, I think this is a pretty widely. I think it can be accepted by the general populace more so than something like, I don't know, Salem's Lot. Would you well, agree?
0: Yeah, it made a crap ton of money, so obviously, sure, yeah, sure.
1: But, it, but highest-grossing R-rated movie for a while, R-rated horror
0: movie for a while, right? Yeah, I think you're right, but it's it's um i would say following off of like the last land of the creeps episode where they were talking about ages i'd say 13 and up would be okay with this one sure
1: i would say that the first scene is the only one that's gratuitous or graphic i think the rest of it is pretty accessible
0: well they do kind of imply the thing with bev and her dad which is disturbing but you don't see anything explicit no no nothing like in the book thank goodness but yeah yeah, it's in the book there are a couple scenes that are really disturbing. So, mm-hmm. let's wrap this up. What would you rate It Chapter 1 from 2017? What would you give it?
1: I say it's an 8 out of 10. It's
0: a buy it. All right. I'm I'm a little higher than you actually. Really? I I'm, I'm 9 out of 10. Wow. Um and I'm also going to buy it. I haven't bought it yet simply because I knew when they would make part 2, they would issue a double pack with both of them with added scenes and stuff like yeah. that. So, I'm waiting on that, probably around Christmas time I will grab It chapter one and two, because I know that, you know, there are a lot of scenes that Andy Muschietti cut out. But so I can't When are we going to see see that that.
1: baby thing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. But it's I'm not sure. I don't know if they shot it or not. I I listened to the Losers Club podcast this last week, the Stephen King podcast, and they interviewed a guy who works for Vanity Fair who interviewed Andy Muschietti and Stephen King and so forth. And so he had a lot of information. Uh, on the movies and and the director's cut that's that are coming and so forth but he didn't say anything about you know all that so we will see mm-hmm. but it's a 9 out of 10 for me and I can't wait to buy have both of them which may be a little bit of a spoiler alert so let's move on to It Chapter 2 from 2019 hello made it oath if it ever comes back we'll come back to
1: Take
0: it. It kills monsters. If you believe it does. Let's kill this clown. It Chapter 2. Rated R. So Jackson, what are your initial thoughts on It Chapter 2?
1: Well, when I first started watching this movie, I sat down and uh, I saw the first scene. Which is terrifying, and I remember reading that excerpt from the book of Mm -hmm. when this happened. Um, I was like, okay, they're they're adapting this. I did not expect it to be the first scene, like what we see first, you know, right in your face. And I think it's I think it serves the same purpose as the Georgie scene from the 2017 movie. Um, This is a a graphic and terrifying scene, you know, that's right in your face at the beginning to kind of warn you, and then it, it goes back to you know, kind of being tame for a while. Um, first impressions after that, I felt it was kind of rushed in the beginning with all the character introductions. I feel like it goes from one character to another, like sort of like a montage almost. Right. And I don't I don't know that I liked that. I felt like it was a little rushed and they're like, oh, this is what this character looks like now that you're introduced to them. That That's their family. Okay, bye. They're going to dairy now. Um, but over time, the movie really grew on me um, as I was watching it. I feel like as they had more time to develop their characters, I was like, okay, these are the adult versions of these kids that I saw in the first movie. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the casting is insane. Can we agree that they look and act exactly like their young counterparts? Oh,
0: again, who is this casting director, and why is their schedule not booked for the next (laughs) three years? Exactly. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Even Ben who grows up to be in shape and all this other kind of stuff, his facial structure still looks like a kid from the exactly. first
1: time. Yeah. It's freaky. And when you see them side by side, I mean, it's, it's kind of terrifying. It's like, uh, you know, and I don't know, invasion of the body snatchers. Um, oh. but yeah, it was, it's a great. And, and I think there's one part where, um, it cuts in between the two, the young cast and the old, older cast. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. There's some CGI like magic going on right now. It's crazy how much they look alike, and and I think the mannerisms contribute a lot to it. Um, James McAvoy playing Bill does a great job. I think his facial. Do
0: you, do yep. you really think so? Yep. I had a problem with his performance. Did you really? Because okay, here's what I, I think. think. I didn't think it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I just expect more from James McAvoy after what I've seen him deliver. Whether it's been as Professor Xavier or in Split and Glass, because uh, I think those are incredible performances. I don't care if you like those movies or not. He sure. delivers incredible performances in those movies. I expect a little bit more from him. The stuttering seemed to be a little too obvious.
1: Okay, I'll give you this. A little bit of Hedwig from Split came through sometimes, I feel like. Um, yes. Uh, but I think he did a great job. But my favorite uh, casting was Bill Hader as Rich oh, well, Finn Wolfhardt. He was perfect. I mean, I've seen them interview together, and like it's, it's it couldn't be better. And I hear that Finn Wolfhard actually asked for Bill Hader to play his adult self. Bill Hader hadn't even seen the first movie before, and Finn Wolfhard was like, "Hey, uh, Bill Hader." you're going to play adult mean. He was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Uh, I think I heard him say that he watched it. Chapter one on the plane ride to do the table read for uh, it. Chapter two. Wow. which is kind of funny, but um, he does a great job. I mean, he's just perfect in this movie. Um, I think the guy that plays Stan for what little we see of him, I think he looks and, and acts exactly like the young Stan. I think he nailed it. Uh, ben, as he said, I think he's given a lot more to work with in this movie. He was kind of a, I mean, I don't want to say that he had that only one thing going for him. But I feel like um most of his role in the first movie was, you know, I'm bullied and I've got a crush on Beverly. But in this movie, a lot of depth is put into him, I feel like. And the same is true with Beverly. I feel like um her character is handled in a way that they didn't get the time to do in the first movie. I don't think they did it as well as the book did from what I've read. Um, but it, it's handled really well. You feel like these are living, breathing people.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do have a couple issues there. I, I think that um, Jessica Chastain, I don't think, was given enough to do mm-hmm. because she's such an amazing actress. Sure. And she's just kind of the damsel in distress, where in the book, she's a lot tougher. Sure. I didn't understand that. Um, also, with Stanley, they cut the best scene, man. Mm-hmm. The best scene, the creepiest scene from the miniseries is when Stanley's wife discovers him and he's written in blood after he's committed suicide, it. Sure.
1: I, I think that maybe...
0: Why did they cut that scene?
1: I think it's a, a, a tastefulness thing. Like, um, they're trying to be sensitive after uh, shows like 13 Reasons Why. I don't think they wanted to exaggerate. Um, I think
0: they handled it well enough. It's a horror movie, man. Sure. <laughs> it's sure. a horror movie about... A clown from outer space that eats children, and that's where they're going to draw the line
1: uh, i I don't know this this wasn't going to be midsummer. I can say that much.
0: Oh, I thought they made a mistake there i I do think though I agree with you about Bill Hader. I think he's perfect casting. Mm-hmm. I think him, along with Lupita Nyonga in us are my they're my two favorite performances this year yeah. um, and I can't imagine that when Horror Movie Podcast does their horror Oscars, if Bill Hager doesn't win Best Supporting Actor, <laughs> um, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it won't be nice. Um, it's because he is perfect. Although, I think the best line in the movie, mm-hmm. and this will bring us to grown-up Henry Bowers, is Eddie's, where he talks about the mullet. <laughs> yeah. I sure. love after,
1: that after he's been stabbed by Henry Bowers.
0: He's stabbed in the mouth. and He goes, "For God's sakes, cut the mall, And it's been thirty years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eddie, he's been in an scene. insane asylum. <laughs> I love that scene. It's fantastic.
0: Oh, oh man, poor Eddie. Oh, I know, poor Eddie. And can we talk about that? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had some friends tell me because I come from an evangelical Christian background, tell me they had a problem with this. But I, you know, I don't, I don't judge movies this way. I. Bill Hader, at the end, when they're in the quarry, sure. and he breaks down, mm-hmm. that is heartbreaking.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, he had so much emotional depth, like I'd never seen before. You think of Bill Hader, you think of Superbad, you know what I mean? You don't think of this really talented actor. He had a lot to him in this movie.
0: Oh, uh, that was just heartbreaking. I mean, I was just, I was tearing up, mm-hmm. um, and... I don't you know, I look I don't get scared easily and I don't tear up easily mm. and I got scared in this movie there are a couple of really creepy scenes in this movie yeah I mean as forced as the scene is can we talk about James McAvoy chasing the skateboard kid in the hall of mirrors
1: oh yeah oh that was terrifying when when Pennywise's tongue is dragging on the glass Ugh. oh
0: oh my gosh it's just it's it's yeah, that's so amazing. And then the scene with the little girl with a birthmark. And I mean, Whoa. it's just, and as you said, the opening scene, which is just, you're just sitting there going, good Lord, what more do these people have to go through? I mean, it's just, oh man, it, it's just incredible. So now let me tell you the issues I had with it. I had more issues with this one than the first one with the CGI. There mm-hmm. were times when the CGI took me out of it. Sure. I thought sometimes it felt patched together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I wasn't in love with James McElvoy's performance. I thought they didn't give Jessica Chastain enough to do. I thought there were too many endings. Yeah, yeah. It's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, exactly. It's a perfect comparison. Um, I said they cut the best scene. But that being said, I'm still coming in high on this because what this does right, it does so well hmm. That that's what I love. It's kind of like Strangers Pray at Night, you know, which is a movie that I love. And you and I visited the film filming locations for that. hmm. I know it's not a perfect movie. I know there are problems. I know that the two young leads don't give her the best performances and so forth. But man, when it is on, it is on like the pool scene. Definitely. That pool scene is classic. hmm. It does that, too. There are parts in it. Chapter two where I am taken out of the movie. I'm a little annoyed. Um, unlike most people, wasn't a big fan of the Paul Bunyan thing. Uh, the Stephen King cameo was a little too long and distracting. Really,
1: I loved that.
0: I thought it was a little too long and distracting. But I that okay. All that being said, like I said, when it's scary, like the kids, um, when it does it right, with Bill Hader and Eddie and you know and Henry Bowers and and the scene in the quarry. It does it so well mm-hmm. that I have to give this movie a positive review.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I, a lot of the problems you had with it, I didn't have with it. Um, I do agree that it felt very patched together in some scenes. I do agree that Jessica Chastain
0: didn't have a lot to do. Although when she was on screen,
1: I thought she, I thought she was powerful enough um
0: well but there's a scene like with her in a slingshot in the book and stuff like that and they just mm-mm. don't give her that sure and i i, I just wish they would have given her more because she is such a strong actress mm-hmm. and yeah. do you know that the actress who played james McAvoy's wife near the beginning that was jessica chastain's roommate for years when they were both starting in hollywood <laughs> really yeah that's great yeah yeah um and here's another. You want an Easter egg? Let's see if sure. you can catch this. Okay. When they have a scene with Mike in the library, mm-hmm. which I also don't think they gave Mike enough to do. He seemed kind of a weak character to me. Really? I would, yeah. I thought he
1: was a lot stronger in this movie than he was in the last one.
0: I don't know. He was more professorial in the first one, and I'm not sure that was the right tone either. But um, mm-hmm. for a guy who's stuck in around Derry just waiting for a homicidal sp- space alien clown to come back i mean i mm-hmm. think he's, he should have been stronger in my opinion but okay um if you looked around the library there was a nameplate of another librarian did you catch the nameplate no i didn't wendy torrance
1: oh okay cool yeah they're shining into this yeah
0: exactly well we know stephen king likes to bring together his universe right that's what castle rock's all about uh um, saying that
1: wendy is a librarian
0: Apparently, Wendy is a librarian in Derry, Maine after leaving Colorado. yeah.
1: Sure. Okay. So Danny's somewhere in that town. Are we going to see uh, <laughs> in, the, in the new movie coming out, uh, Dr. Sleep? Are we going to see uh, Bill Hader walking around, cracking I jokes?
0: I doubt it, but I don't know. But I do look forward to seeing that. I hated the book, but I do think sure. that I trust the director to to do something cool with it. So mm-hmm. what else do you want to hit about It Chapter Two?
1: um yeah i can agree with one thing you said which is that cgi is just so prevalent in this movie um the creatures the uh fortune cookie creatures and the chinese oh, restaurant i hated that i could have done without that i know it's in the book or something along those lines is in the book and i think there was one good thing that came out of that scene which was bill Hader smashing the table with a or no that was actually ben wasn't it or no that was I guess that was Mike. I don't know. One of the characters is smashing the table with a chair, and when the waitress walks in, she sees, like, nothing. Yeah. We'll take <laughs> <a sec. laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that was perfect. But, yeah, there was definitely a lot of CGI in this, and I, I think they repeated some of the same sins as the first movie with the jerky, uh, like, teleporting towards the camera, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't, I I don't like really that. think that's scary. Um, I do like pennywise's fin- final form more than the miniseries i think i liked the half clown half spider more oh well anything could
0: be better than the spider in the miniseries i mean sure. that, yeah, they, just, they, just kind of,
1: they just kind of flip the spider over and tear its heart out i think this was a better conclusion i like how pennywise shrinks into this tiny like puddle of clown i thought that was fantastic he looks so pitiful uh, the Um,
0: pancake pennywise
1: yeah yeah i liked that i i love uh bill skarsgård's like little face on this puddle of clown that's he's pitiful he's like fear it's so it's so fantastic but um yeah there were way too many endings in this it 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 ends and i'm like oh that was a nice ending oh and then bill's writing a book and he gets a call for mike okay is it is it over now oh, wait, no, now you see Beverly and Ben on the boat, and you're like, okay, when is this going to end? You know, it's got so many endings. It's like, Did we need the letter
0: from Stanley?
1: I, I don't know. I feel like they were guilty because they didn't have much to do in this movie. They casted what seems to be a great actor to play Stanley. I've seen him in interviews, and he looks and acts exactly like the young um, Stanley Wyatt. Uh, I don't, what is his name? Wyatt Olaf, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He, I feel like they felt guilty, so they wanted to give him a bigger role, because if you'll recall in the book, I'm, I think, and and, and the miniseries, it cuts in between, you know, the kids and the adults to yeah. give more depth to the characters, and and this one that decided to stick mostly to the adults, but um, yeah, so that's the reason they did that. I don't think it was necessary. I think it's a psycho instance with the therapist describing like what's going on with Norman Bates. I feel like they needed something to conclude the movie and give it a triumphant end, so they had Stanley write a letter. Uh, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for the ending with the characters as much as the end of Pennywise. But the rest of the movie was just, like, so many ups and downs. I, the heartbreak that these characters go through as they confront their fears. I feel like that was the best part of the movie, is seeing these characters confront what makes them scared and, like, admitting that they're not perfect, but... That they aren't scared of Pennywise anymore, and that really like takes away his power. I think that's awesome. Um, the kids give a good performance and what what parts they have in the movie they're they're kind of minimized. They probably only have like, I don't know ten or fifteen minutes of screen time in this two and a half hour movie, two hours and fifty minutes, right. whatever it is. But um, I still think that they gave, and I think most of that is because, you know, they're aging. And there's only so much you can do.
0: I know well, they the CGI they, work on them. Yeah, they de-aged them by CGI. I heard a lot of people complaining about that on other podcasts. I didn't notice it. Did you? I noticed it a little bit with Finn Wolfhard.
1: With the rest of them, I think I noticed Eddie had a little bit of work done to his voice. I could hear a little bit of a pitch they shift did.
0: They did have voice actors come in, yeah.
1: I could hear his voice. It seemed a little off, but it didn't bother me. Once I stopped thinking about it, I just it didn't bother me. Like in the scene where they're in the the shed, which was never mentioned in the first movie or whatever. Um, you know, their, their hangout spot under the ground. Right. Uh, I I didn't I didn't really I didn't really mind it. That's what I'm getting at. But um, I don't think this movie is any less scary than the first movie. People are saying that it's because the kid it's it's not from the kid's perspective anymore, so this grown man isn't as scary. This uh this clown. But uh, I think it's just as scary. That scene where um like you said, the kid with the birthmark goes under the bleachers and, you know, Pennywise is like, I just need a friend. People make fun of me for the way I look, I was like, Aw you know, and then he chomped her head. Uh, like he does with the kid in the fun house, which was really disturbing. I mean, they, they go there in the series. They're not afraid to show child death, which I think uh, takes a lot of balls to do in a movie.
0: Yeah, but, um, absolutely.
1: I, I, I didn't like it as much as the first one, but just marginally. I think that this one will have as much rewatch value because it's so long. But um, for watching it just once, I mean, this is an epic. Like, it's, it's length. It, I don't think there's a lot of filler in this movie. I just think that that's how Stephen King books are. You know, if you want to adapt it well, you've got to have long movies. Um, so overall, barely weaker than the first movie, I would say. I'm ready to rate this if you don't have anything else to say.
0: Hey, go for it, buddy. What do you rate it?
1: This for me, if you'll recall, my last one was an 8 out of 10. This is a 7.5 out of 10. But I would I, can't, I would liken it more to a 7.75 because <laughs> um I just barely like it. The pacing and the ending that that that's the only thing that's that's really wrong with this movie that the first movie didn't have um but yeah i would recommend this also as a buy just to see that like the two movies together in this big scale epic longer than the miniseries we get to see everything we wanted um i would recommend this as a buy i'm interested to see what was cut from this movie since it's so long i want to see you know what didn't make it but um yeah this is a buy 7.75 out of 10
0: all right, well, I am right there with you. I, it's a 7.5 out of 10 for me. Um, I saw it in the theater. I don't regret it. I, the, the length didn't really bother me. I didn't really notice that I was sitting there for three hours. And when we saw Midsummer together, I did. But hmm. with this one, even though I think Midsummer is a better movie, yeah. I, I didn't notice it. I, I, and so it's a 7.5. Uh, I'm going to buy it when it comes out. And I look forward to seeing it and the deleted scenes. And uh, darn it, everybody out there doing horror awards, Bill Hader deserves Best Supporting (laughs) Actor for this role. It is the role of a lifetime. He's amazing in it. Uh, He's just fantastic. Um, And so, you know, yeah, I can, you know, man, if they just cleaned up some of the CGI and they (laughs) tightened it up a little bit, like i didn't, i don't think we needed the whole go get your tokens or totems or whatever that yeah. kind of thing no. if they if they would have cut a lot of that stuff out of there and they would have made this like a two even two and a half i'm just talking about 15 20 minutes cut out of mm-hmm. it and focus more on that i think this could have been just as good as the first one mm-hmm. um you know looking at what's coming out and so forth i doubt this is going to make my top 10 list but i'm sh- it might it might make the bottom of my top 10 list. It could very well make my honorable mentions because I still think, like I said, what works works so well that I think that that's what makes it worth it. So, Mm -hmm. so that's what we have for it. Chapter one and chapter two, we have a little house cleaning things to do here. Um, Haddonfield Hatchett was supposed to be with us. He couldn't make it uh, because of a family thing, but um, Haddonfield, Sean Davis, if you don't know, he is got a GoFundMe page or an Indiegogo. I can't remember which one. Raising money for his bar prep because he's graduating from law school soon, and you're ready to prepare for the bar. I can tell you as a licensed attorney that stuff is expensive. Help him out. You know, I threw him some bucks. You should do the same. And uh, He's a good guy. Um, Greg Bench will be on with us again. He couldn't make it, but he'll be on with us again. And we want, you know, listeners to be on. We know Ian West is going to be on at some point. We have some others who are going to be on. Uh, if you're interested, if you're out there listening, and and according to Apple iTunes, there are about seven thousand of you, which blows our mind. But if you want to be on, um, just shoot us a message on Twitter and or send us an email and uh, at our uh, website, fatherandsonwatchhorror.com, and we'd love to have you on, wouldn't we, buddy?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, guests always make it more interesting because we don't really know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> so you're filling. You're just feeding right into Bill Shetty's ego, right there. Sure, buddy. sure. Uh, I, mean,
1: <laughs> I got to make peace somehow.
0: <laughs> oh, Jay of the Dead will make peace because he's such mm-hmm. a good guy. Um, so, buddy, where can they find you on social media?
1: Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Kane underscore Hero12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero12. On Letterbox, I'm at Kane Hero, no spaces, same spelling. Um, been posting a lot of movies, you know, on Letterboxd, a lot of uh, reviews. So if you want to see what I'm watching and what will possibly be appearing in podcasts in the future, that's where you can find it. Uh, also, I've got a YouTube channel, which is linked in the bio of both of those websites.
0: Good deal. And so you can find me at Pastor Matt R on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, you, like I said, we can check out our website, fatherandsonwatchhorror.com. And we also have a Twitter account. And we have a closed Facebook group as well, which you can petition to join. Um, so please uh, short, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We appreciate a five-star review. And again, we're, we've got a giveaway going. I've got a uh, tumbler from my trip to Camp Crystal Lake, which is a red Tumbler, blood red, of course, Crystal Lake Tours. <laughs> I've also got a uh, notebook and pen from Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, for two people, I'm going to do that. All you have to do is rate and review uh, our podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. If you do that, you're entered. We have about 14 or 15 uh, people entered now. Um, if you've already done it, you're, you're entered. What will happen is sometime this week, I'll send a message to Jackson and say, give me a number between one and whatever, and uh, then I'll just go to the reviews, and I will pick that number, and we will ship it out to you, and uh, free of charge. So that's where we're going. What do we got coming up, buddy? Where, where are you looking to go? I know there are two things I'd like to review over the next month or two. Um, we're coming up on anniversaries For both the Texas Chainsaw Massacre And A Nightmare on Elm Street Ooh, interesting I just recently watched Nightmare on Elm Street recently Actually, so
1: maybe We that's, may
0: need to do that Yeah, maybe that's providential So if there's folks out there that would like to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is currently Streaming on Shudder, and Nightmare on Elm Street Which I think is also currently streaming on Shudder Isn't it? Wow And yeah, so, It might be, I wouldn't be surprised Yeah, yeah. I think they both are, so you can watch both of those on Shutter and come on and jabber with us for an hour about it if if you'd like, and I can give you my uh, not very long-winded but weird theory about how Toby Hooper based part of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the Nixon administration. So, <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear that. Yep, we'll be going that route. So, all right, buddy. Well, uh, say good night to the good people, and we'll wrap it up.
1: Sure. Good night. And remember,
0: you'll float too. (laughs) I don't want to float. All right, guys. Catch you next time. And remember, the family that watches horror movies together stays together. Take care. We appreciate it.